no consciousness, no thought, one foot in the other, trudge, trudge, trudge. Don't put the eyes up. Don't question anything. Don't wonder where I'm going. Don't wonder, am I happy? Don't ask any questions. Just get it done. Move through. That's my lot in life. Here we go. I'll get to there. I'll get to the end and then I'll sit. You know, and then if you look at like how people actually spend their time in retirement, we have these visions that, all right, we're going we're gonna to do all this kind of stuff and then we're going to retire and we're going to be rich and we get to travel the world. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dash Insider, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And joining me on today's show is, Jesus, been some time since you've been here, Gabby Billing. How are you? Oh, that could have come in really well as like my middle name. Yeah, Gabby, but, you know. where the hell have you been all my life? Yeah. Billing. <laughs> okay. Um, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say how are you. So where have you been? <laughs> Where have you been? Where have you been? I'm yes, great. Yes, good. Thank thanks, you. you. Good. Yep. How are you? <laughs> Where have I been? Been all over the place. I've been preaching the same places as, as you. Yeah. Well, been you everywhere. Been the same places as me. Yeah. We've been, been everywhere. Yes. Where are we now? <laughs> well, right now, as we sit See here. See that turnaround? In- I turned it around. Yeah, good. Yep. Nice little seat. Nice little Nice little Interviewer. Segue. Yep. Little, little segue. Segue. <laughs> uh, so, right now. I am in the room next to the room you are in, and both of us can see out across the Andaman Sea on the coast of Phuket in Thailand, on the west mm-hmm. coast in a little little uh, enclave called Kata. Uh, and we're also overlooking Poo Island, which is also little little Poo, little Poo Island. It is a little um, Poo. It is a little Poo. Nobody else can see it, so we can't. Nobody's going to be like, yeah, that looks like a little poo. That's, you just have to believe us. <laughs> you have to believe us. <laughs> it's a tiny little poo island called Poo Island. <laughs> anyway. But what's really interesting about that is that this is where we are. Well, I mean, this is where we are right now. And this is where we're going to be for the next, I don't know, little while. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. And I thought that would be a really good place to start for us to enter into this conversation I want to have today around escaping the status quo. So this is not going to be a property episode we're not going to be talking about yields or the latest hotspot we're going to be talking about life and how to live it and so i'm going to set us up with some kind of like fundamental uh, uh building blocks for this conversation gabby and then i'd love to play a bit of tennis and kind of work through these and we can talk about how people might be able to start thinking about them and applying them in there sounds how does that sound? perfect okay cool so i believe that it's everyone's responsibility to try and escape the status quo. Because I believe that most people are destined to a greater life than they can find themselves to by following the traditional path. Now, there's nothing wrong with the traditional path, you know, get married, have kids, you know, start a family, have a stable job. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I have, what I take umbrance with is the fact that most people don't apply critical thought to their life to actually ascertain whether or not the life they are living is the life that they truly want and deserve and desire. And the way that I think about life is I, I love, as you know, Gabby, I love the beauty of the impermanence of life, the fact that it is finite. And I think this is something a lot of people don't think enough about. A lot of people don't think about it until they're probably they're in their like 40s, 50s or 60s. And they're and they're maybe their parents pass away or something like that. They have some kind of like brush with death, and they're like, "Oh my god, hang on a second, my life is finite too." They don't really start thinking about it till then. And the problem with that is that then most people still don't do anything about it. And the reality is, they end up getting to the end of their life and feeling, broadly speaking, unfulfilled. Now at Dashdot, we are helping people to create financial freedom. Now there's three stages of financial freedom, financial confidence, financial security, and financial independence. And we're on a mission to help 5,000 people achieve financial security by 2033, which is a big, big mission. I'm really proud of that. But really like we got to start asking the question like why? Like why is financial freedom important? <laughs> like, like why does that matter? Like why does that matter? Like why don't we just like follow the traditional path? And it's because most people inherently realize they want more. They want more out of life. They want to live a life rich in experiences with the autonomy to be self-directed, to, to find the best version of that life for themselves. And so th- that's what I call escaping the status quo, getting free from the norm. Some people might say escaping the matrix. But 
I like to think about it as escaping the status quo, finding your own path and doing something that is truly, uniquely, and beautifully you. And there's three pillars, I believe, that are required for you to, to develop personal sovereignty and to escape the status quo, and that's location independence, financial freedom, and self-actualization. And so I'd love to dig into some of those ideas, but I'd also love to get your point of view, Gabby, on escaping the status quo. Do you think that this is a, a worthy thing to pursue? What's your kind of take on this? Yeah, so I think um, on you had a point about people don't usually think about this, and so you know because we spend every hour of every day together that this has been something that I've been really thinking about personally the last couple of months specifically. And I can only really chalk it down to the fact that I turned 30 and it hasn't been a conscious thing of like, oh, I'm getting old, but there's, there's been a something buzzing around my head of we only get one life and we are all each responsible for actually making the most of that and actually making choices that are aligned with what we actually want to do and live the life that we actually want. And I think, as you said, like people just don't usually think about it or they do until they wait until a certain point when they're older and then they realize looking back, I wasn't actually living a life that was aligned and that I that really fulfilled me and lit me up the whole time. And so the earlier that you can ha have these realizations, the better but it's it's is quite confronting as well to think like wow there is only one life i need to make choices now like i need to make a choice to step out from the way that i've been raised to kind of behave and fit into society and these are the the standard blueprint of how a life should go and what success looks like is that actually what i want and it's really quite confronting to think about those kind of things mm. yeah so it's super interesting, right? Because, and I love the fact that we're talking about death in here. I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about energy. I want to talk about energy. And I also want to talk about um, the linear path to life. So in the first instance, yeah, I mean, like the whole idea, the whole concept of death can be really, really confronting. It's like, oh my God, I have a finite existence. Time's running out, blah, blah, blah. You know, terrifying, scary, all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we are all energy. And I don't mean that in some meta physical, metaphorical kind of like woo factor. Like if you just break it down scientifically, right? So we're all made up of atoms. What are atoms made up of? Atoms are made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. What are they made up of? They're made up of quarks. What are quarks made up of? Quarks are concentrated points of pure energy. They're not defined. They don't have material. Like they're not made of an element. They're not, they're not little bits of carbon or something. They are concentrated points of vibrating energy that don't have actually any boundaries to them. They are just energy, not matter, which is pretty wild because the fundamental building blocks of every single thing that we are and every single thing in our universe is energy, like, like specifically formless energy. Now, they're concentrated, like quarks are concentrated points of en energy, but they're not like nice capsulated in some ball, like a basketball or something. They're just like, they're actually like, they're like vibrating, you know, lines and waves of energy. And so at the end of the day, we're all energy. That's all we are. That's all anything in the universe is. And energy can, can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. And so, you know, yes, we are going to have a limited opportunity to experience this fantastic thing that we've got but it also doesn't to me like it's just a it's a process like we're just we get to experience this like slice this parentheses in you know in parentheses in eternity which is what uh, something i borrowed from wayne dyer which is beautiful you know this where this like momentary like blink of an eye where we get to suddenly experience all of this kind of stuff and and I think it's, that's a relevant context because a lot of people think about life as being this kind of linear journey. And a journey, by definition, is about going from one place to another place. So I'm born and then I'm going to go from being born to going to primary school and then I'm going to go to high school and then I'm going to go to university and then I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to have a family and then I'm going to raise my family and then I'm going to retire and then I'll get to do, I'll have a little window of time where I get to go and do whatever I want and then I'll pass away. It's like all of these kind of milestone events step 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 you and i were talking the other day uh i'd, I'd been listening to an alan watts uh lecture and he was talking about some stuff and 
you know, there was some ideas in there which kind of really formed something truly beautiful in my mind. And it was this idea that, you know, what is the purpose of life effectively? Because when you start thinking about this context, right, oh, life, it's finite, how am I living? And it's like, well, what's the point? What's the purpose? What is the meaning of it all? And I think that people try and ascribe too much meaning. The meaning of life is to do X, Y, Z. It's like, well, maybe not. And a far better analogy is to think of life as a dance. You know, the music is playing. What is the point of music? The point of music is to elicit emotion. It's to make you feel something. That's really all it is. It's to make you feel something. And what's the point of dancing? Well, the point of dancing, when you're on the dance floor, you're not trying to get from point A to point B on the dance floor. You're not trying to get from here to there. You're not trying to be like, right, I'm going to dance my way from this corner of the dance floor to that corner of the dance floor. And then I want to get to that corner of the dance floor. Then I'm going to dance to this other point over there. And then I'm going to dance to somewhere else. And eventually, if I get to all of the spots on the dance floor, I will have won dancing. That's not how it works. And everyone knows that. But the point of dancing is to experience it, is to experience the music. And at a fundamental level, music is probably the closest thing that we've got to the voice of God, however you want to think about that. And I think about that from like a, like a quantum level, like an energetic frequency level, because at the end of the day, all, all that we've got is we've got silence and frequency. That's all that's happening in music. And so you've got this kind of like universal expression and we get to dance to it. And so then if you kind of think about that, then the question you've got to ask yourself is, am I dancing? And that's a very different question. Am I dancing? And what's the rhythm that I'm dancing to? And do I want to change the music? It's a far more interesting question to ask yourself. And if you start to ask yourself that question, then you start to open up entirely new cans of worms, which I think are fundamentally more interesting than asking yourself, What's the meaning of all of this? And, you know, am I, it's like, am I dancing? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's so interesting, right? Because that's a lot of people look at what we are doing and like we're living location independently. And that, even just that, is a big step to conceptualize for a lot of people thinking, how can I live a life where I am not tied to a location? I have a job, I have friends, I have a community, I have family, how can I do that? And so people, a lot of people look to our lifestyle and think that that is confusing. But I think we're kind of showing what it looks like to dance through life. Like this is us demonstrating this because we're just a little bit more aware of it. You know, we're aware of we want to experience as much as we can. We want to dance our way through it and feel the joy and feel the ups and downs and feel all of it. Part of that for us is the travel and the experiencing new places and the new sights and new smells and new cultures and everything that comes with this lifestyle. And it's a perfect analogy of like the point of dancing is just to dance. Like there's no end point. There's no, there's no game to it that you don't win it. You just do it for the beauty of it. Yeah, I love that. And so just on the location independence thing, a lot of people can kind of think like, does that mean I need to be a, a digital nomad? No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Like it's just being location independent, having or having location independence, right, is actually more about having the personal sovereignty to choose where you want to live based on your preferences rather than your economic constraints. That's the kind of key thing. Now, I'll use my brother as an example because he's pretty fixed. He's a farmer. But the thing is, that's his preference. His preference is to be where he is, where that farmland is. So he, like, that's the, that's the preference for him to be there. Now, you could argue that he's also economically constrained there because it's very hard to take your farm on the road. But I would argue that it's a lifestyle decision uh, and not, a, not an economic constraint. Whereas most people, for example live in cities. We know that most people live in cities because they're the densest population areas. The reason most people live in cities is because of access to economic opportunities. Well, I need to live there because it's otherwise it'd be too far to commute to my job. Okay. So how can you create the capability in your life to not have that constraint anymore? And, you know, maybe you can get a job in a company that has a work from anywhere policy like Dashdot, or maybe you can't. 
And if you can't, then you get to choose different things. You get to choose whether or not it is still appropriate for you to continue to work in that current, in the current, with the current employer. Should you choose something else? Could you find a way to change a sort of set of circumstances? Could you, you know, do consulting online? Could you, I mean, if you're a bookkeeper, maybe you could do bookkeeping. There's heaps of ways you can do it. Or in fact, what you can do is you can do it through investing, right? Because if you can create financial freedom, you can create the ability to, to change your location as well. And so there's, there's some of these things are interlinked and intertwined together, but, it, but being able to choose where you want to live based on your preferences rather than your economic constraints is kind of a really kind of key piece to it. And just going, um, so, so just, that was just to kind of clarify a little bit on the, on the location independence thing, because not everyone needs to be or wants to be a digital nomad. Never, never everybody wants our life. And for people listening to this who don't, who don't, uh, know us or what's going on. So we, we have lived in Bali recently for about a year and a half. And we're now currently, as I mentioned, in Phuket, Thailand. We'll probably be here for at least six months, maybe a little, little longer. And the reason for that is, is, is as Gabby mentioned, is we're doing our dance. This is us dancing. This is us experiencing it. And just on the on back on the kind of like analogies of life kind of context as well, like the the dancing is a perfect way to think about it, right? Because the point is to enjoy it and experience it. But I think also that recognizing and there's another analogy that I like to use, and it's it's the it's the theme park, right? It's, it's the theme park of all desires. So we get plucked out of uh, an abyss of nothingness and get plonked in a theme park. And in that theme park has every single ride that you could ever want to go on, ever. Some rides are really close to you. Some rides are a really long distance away. And only you get to decide what rides you want to go on. You want to go on the scary ones. You want to go on the chilled out ones. And some of the rides are going to be all the way at the back of the park, and they're going to take you a little while to get there. So they're not all going to be – they're not all just like right there. So you're going to have these – choices that you get to make throughout your life. How many rides do you want to go on? Do you want to sacrifice some rides so that you can walk all the way to the back to go ride on the big ride, for example, or not? The thing about this theme park is that we don't know how long we've got in the theme park. You can ride any ride you want as many times as you want, and you can choose any, you can choose any ride. That, you could go for your life. It's the theme park of all desires. But at some point at random, somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, time's up. You're out of the theme park. You don't get to choose any more rides. And so thinking about that as well in the context of this kind of choice capability that we can, we can all establish is thinking about how you want to spend the undetermined but finite amount of time that you have on this planet. What rides do you want to choose? Like, do you only want to choose the, the rides that are the quickest and easiest to get to? Or do you want to sacrifice all of the rides to try and get to the one at the back? And maybe you get kicked out before you get to the one at the back of the theme park. Who knows? Would you be satisfied with that? And this is a really interesting way to think about um, how we select our levels of enjoyment of near-term and long-term gratification as well, which I think is really, really important because I think people need to consider how do they plan for the long-term but then also optimize for a really good life today. I think it's, I think it's critical because I see a lot of people – like I love delaying gratification, but I also love to you know, feel gratitude for the current experience, which you could do. You don't have to have stuff to do that. But um, – you know, I just waffled for a little bit there. Do you have any, <laughs> do you have any comments? Just you wanna, listening. Do you want to have any comments? You yeah. I th- so that the theme park analogy you shared recently in one of our town halls with the whole team, yeah. and it really hit. It really struck a chord with a lot of them. Um, and someone actually asked a follow up question about, but what if you can't afford to go on all of the rides? You know, it's it's one thing to say, mm. make the most of it, take all the opportunities, but what if you just can't afford to, you know, live, be a mm-hmm. digital nomad, feel like that's my calling, but I, you know, mm-hmm. my mindset is telling me I can't afford it. Um, and I'm sure that there's people listening that uh, would hear our stories and hear these kind of things and think, yeah, that's all well and good, but I'm not in a financial situation. Um, what are your insights mm-hmm. there? So, yeah, it was a really good question um, that got asked. And it's basically like, well, what if you can't afford the right? Right. Here's the thing. In the theme park of all desires, you can go on any ride you want. Some of them are just further away. Anyone on earth can achieve anything they want on earth. Look at Elon Musk. He came from a small part of South Africa. Right? He didn't. He wasn't born into being a billionaire. He came from a pretty humble family in South Africa and then went on to become Elon Musk. So anyone can do anything. The question is, 
how much are you prepared to commit to that journey? And does that is that going to be satisfying if you don't make it? So the way that I would the way that I would kind of reframe that analogy is like let's say that you want to just to kind of go to some extreme. Let's say you're going to want to buy a hundred million dollar super yacht. Well, I mean, oh, you said I could go on any ride that I wanted. Well, I can't buy a hundred million dollar super yacht right now. No, no, that's cool. Maybe the hundred million dollar super yacht is at the back of the theme park, right? And so in order to get there, you're going to have to give up on some of the other rides in order to go on that journey to get to the $100 million super yacht ride. And you're going to have to make sacrifices and you're going to have to put in effort and you're going to have to try to get there. And you might not get there before you get tapped on the shoulder and get kicked out of the, get kicked out of the theme park. And if that happened, would you still be satisfied with the journey that you took? That's the real question you've got to ask yourself. Because everyone can achieve everything, but we don't know how long they've got, how long we've got on earth. And so when you're thinking about that kind of stuff, it, the, a really important question is not, can I click my fingers and spontaneously just have anything that I want, a private jet, a super yacht, and you know, bloody an audience with the queen. It's like all of those things can happen. You can get, well, maybe not the queen because, you know, but anyway, sure, okay. queen, wrong, wrong, king. the king or whatever. Anyway, some 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 royal, <laughs> some royal type person. Anyway, uh, the the question is not like can you click your fingers? You could go and achieve all those things. So you can have you can have anything you want in life. All you need to do is decide what it is, and then you've got to just go after it. And so, the question you've got to ask yourself is: If I didn't make it for like, if I didn't get to that destination, if my time in the theme park was cut short, would I still be satisfied with the journey I took to get there? That's really interesting, right? And I think that I think that that then also kind of that kind of points back to the dancing kind of element. It's like, okay, cool, sweet. So I I might want to go to the back of the theme park. I want to might I might want to aim for the for the kind of like big ride at the end. But I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance there. I'm going to stop at the popcorn stand. I'm going to go and like I'm going to try a couple of rides along the way. I'm going to do all that kind of stuff because who knows? I want to have some fun and. I think that's useful. Like, I think it's a useful kind of way to think about it. Now, of course, we're talking in analogies, right? So this isn't a roadmap to life, but this is a way that you can start to think about the mortal plane that we all exist on in this in this brief moment. You know, we're not we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. Is something that gets thrown around, and like the consciousness is not is not human. It's not it's not part of your body, right? It's not the it's not the it's not your physical body. And so you've got this, this this crazy momentary, you know, snapshot of time in the universe where you get to experience, full stop, experience. You just like the fact that you are experiencing anything is just wild. And I think that um, a lot of people get lost in the status quo. They get lost in the, you know, alarm clock goes off, go through the same routine, do the same thing. No consciousness, no thought, one foot in the other, trudge, trudge, trudge. Don't put the eyes up. Don't question anything. Don't wonder where I'm going. Don't wonder, am I happy? Don't ask any questions. Just get it done. Move through. That's my lot in life. Here we go. I'll get to there. I'll get to the end and then I'll sit. You know, and then if you look at like how people actually spend their time in retirement, we have these visions that are, right, we're going to, we're going to do all this kind of stuff and then we're going to retire and we're going to be rich and we get to travel the world. It's like most people when they get to retirement, they spent, there was a, there was a, there was a study done for the Wall Street Journal. I'd have to find it, but it was like most of people's time was spent watching TV. And if you really think about it, if you've got older parents and stuff that have retired, what are they spending most of their time doing? Now, there are some who are out and about doing heaps of stuff. The majority, though, sitting around watching TV because they're tired. You know, I think about my folks and, you know, I, I love them, but like, and they're, ha- they're happy, by the way, but like, They'll do a gardening for a couple of hours a day. They'll watch some TV. They'll have a snooze. Like, hey, they've got a great life. It's all good. But it's not the, it's not the vision that we have for ourselves when we're 30 or 40 years old, thinking, all right, when I get there, I'm going to be, we're going to do this. We're going to travel the world. And it's like, well, how do you get all of that now? How do you start to reframe the context of your life such that you don't need to have a life that you want to retire from? And how do you start to bring that forward? And I think that this is at the essence or at the core of the idea of escaping the status quo. Like escaping the status quo is breaking free from the norm. It's understanding that there is a dance. 
It's understanding that you can choose. Within, within you is the, the right, the obligation, and the absolute ability to choose your life, to choose how and where you economically support yourself, to what degree you want to economically support yourself. I just did a podcast. I was a guest on somebody else's podcast last night. And um, one of the first questions that he asked me was like, how he was from the US. And <laughs> we're talking about, you know, his audience was like, you know, 25 to 35 year old uh, people in the US who are trying to be, who are trying to yeah. build Please wealth, do an right? accent. And he's like, right, what's this? Please do I'm not going to do an accent. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do an accent. I never do accents by accident. Hey, hey there. Uh, anyway, uh, hey, I'm Amer- anyway, I'm going to get I'm going to get cancelled for being racist if I try and do that. You never know these days. You never I'm know. American you never and I'm know. Cancel culture as well. <laughs> anyway, the the question that he asked was like, "Goose, tell us like, what's the, how how can how can someone make a hundred thousand dollars?" That was the first question. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I was like, I think probably a better question to ask is like, why do you want to make $100,000? Like, because the, the presupposition in that question was, if I can make $100,000, then I'll be wealthy and then I can, do, then I can finally do whatever I want. And that's, the, that's, the core, that's at the core of the when-then fallacy, which is this idea that if you, if, if you have a presupposition that is – when I do X, then I will Y, it almost never is. So, for example, um, when I lose 10 kilos, then I'll finally feel good about myself. You probably freaking won't, right? Because the problem is feeling good about yourself, not about the weight. You know, when I, um, when I become financially independent, then I'll finally be happy. Brrr, wrong. You'll probably get to financial independence and then go, Fuck. Jesus, I don't know, what the hell? Like, I'm unfulfilled. Like, what is my, like, what is actually important to me? And so what I, what I found interesting about that is, like, you, you reframing the context of what you're trying to, trying to achieve is critically important. Because if you have this idea that, um, you know, for example, we, we talk about real estate investors all the time. You know, the most common goal is 10 properties in 10 years and $100,000 passive income. It's like, okay, Why? Oh, well, so then I don't have to work anymore. Okay, well, number one, have you actually worked it out? Have you actually worked out if that's the right number? It could be you might not need that much. You might need 60 grand. Or in fact, based on your current living circumstances, you might need, you might need 200 grand, in which case you're going to – either way, you're either overshot or undershot the mark. So it's just kind of a stupid goal anyway. Then you've got to ask yourself, what are you going to do with the time? Okay, cool. So click your fingers. You've got $100,000 passive income. What are you going to do? Oh, don't know because most people haven't put any kind of thought into it. Like at the end of the day, most people don't actually want to not work. What they want is they want choice. They want to be able to choose. They want to be able to be. They want to be able to have more personal autonomy, or what I call personal sovereignty. They want to be able to be like, well, no, I just want to work because I'm choosing to work. I don't want to feel economically constrained. Same thing goes with location independence. They want to be able to become the best version of themselves, self-actualization. So the three pillars of personal sovereignty, again, location independence. So choosing where you want to live based on your lifestyle choices, not by your economic constraints. Financial freedom, and there's three phases to it, but that's basically economic independence, the best way to think about that. How, do you, how can you develop the capabilities, the mindset, the wealth, and then the cash flow in that order to be able to chart your own course and stand on your own two feet and say, no, no, I'm good. I'm confident. I'm good. And then self-actualization, which is becoming the best version of yourself, which is living, which is the continuous process of becoming the single best version of yourself in, in absolute alignment with your highest values, which is true freedom. And all of this starts with first understanding that you're in a status quo and that you need to make change. How do you think about self-actualization, Gabby? Again, I think it's something that not many people genuinely think about yet it's something that we all have a yearning to reach you know it's the Mm. pinnacle of maslow's hierarchy of needs meaning that it's inherent in all of us to have this desire and this pull to self-actualize and to become what we believe is the ultimate potential of what we are on this planet to become, you know? And 
it's a really interesting and confronting journey for a lot of people to actually think through I have the responsibility to try and define what that is and to try and put things in place so these layers of escaping the status quo being how can I create a situation where I have economic freedom that will allow me to make choices that bring me closer to my full potential because if you don't have that layer, if you don't have financial independence or any kind of economic stability, there's no point trying to put those other things in place because it's just a, a lot of the times not feasible. And then you have the situations of I can have, I can choose where I want to live. Again, if you don't want to become a digital nomad or move overseas, if your choice is to stay where you grew up, then that's totally fine, but that's the choice. And again, that's about understanding who you are at your core. If you strip away all of the stories that you've created for yourself of your life or people have given you or society has given you about what your values are and actually peeling that away to discover what your true values are and then building a life plan and actions and behaviours that align with that. And this takes time. Like it takes obviously deep self-awareness but then also time to, to and patience and understanding of yourself to get to that point which so many people so many people are just going through life in that status quo and just not not having awareness of it. Yeah, I like that. So I want to dig into self-actualization a little bit more because I think that this is at the core, actually like what people need to focus on. You know that I have a fundamental belief that self-actualization is the only worthy, only actually worthy goal. It's the only real goal that you can and should pursue, in my opinion. So the definition of um, self-actualization from simplypsychology.org, I'm just going to read it out. Self-actualization is the complete realization of one's potential and the full development of one's abilities and appreciation for life. This concept is at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so not every human being reaches it. It's really, really, really interesting. So you break that down into, a, into three kind of core ideas, a few core ideas. So number one is that self-actualization is the complete realization of your personal, individual potential, right? So that doesn't mean that you're me measuring yourself against anybody else. That doesn't mean that you're like, okay, how do I compare with Johnny Magoo down the road? Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's how do you compare to you? It's how it's are you realizing your personal and individual potential? Massive. Number two, it's the full development of all of your skills and abilities. It's not just who can make the most amount of money, or it's not just am I the best carpenter? It's all of your skills and abilities. It's like understanding like what are all of the parts of me? What are all the different areas of me? And how can I become the best version of myself in those areas? And the other interesting part as well is the appreciation and gratitude for the experience for life because if you don't actually have the appreciation and gratitude then you're not actually like like kind of like what's the point and so those kind of three areas are uh, really really interesting and also in that definition uh, uh in fact so there's a there's another definition from the oxford dictionary which i'll which i'll read um self-actualization is the realization of and or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities especially considered as a drive or need present in everyone. So that's super interesting, right? Because when you actually kind of cook that down, and if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you've got, um, there's five layers. So there's physiological needs. So, you know, food, water, shelter, basic stuff. Then there's safety, which is, um, you know, have you got a place to live? Uh, do, are you, do you need to fear for your life? Personal, personal security, employment, all that kind of stuff. Love and belonging, friendship, relationships, intimacy. Then you've got self-esteem, self-respect. And then at the top, it's self-actualization. Now, because most people aren't even aware enough to ask themselves the question, <laughs> yeah, am I becoming the best version of myself? They generally don't achieve self-actualization. And the problem with that is that it is a need or drive that is present in everyone and not every human being achieves it, which means that there's a whole bunch of people who are going to finish their life with a sense of, of unfulfillment and that doesn't need to be like that and it's a pretty wild thing if you think about it because what you could do accidentally 
is you could go, okay, what are all the boxes I need to tick? Right, I need to build wealth. Okay, I'm going to build wealth. I need to have kids. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, like, what are all the boxes that people give me? I'm going, to, I'm going to tick all the boxes. And you can find yourself unfulfilled. Wondering, well, what the hell? I did all the things that everyone told me to do. I, I, I did all the stuff. I worked hard. I made money. I was a good dad. I was a good mum. I, I did all the things and I feel unfulfilled. Question you've got to ask yourself is like, imagine that you get to the end of your life. Imagine you get to the last day on earth or even the last decade on earth and you look around and you go, Jesus, what the hell? Like, I'm not satisfied with this. Imagine how you would feel then. Remembering that we've got this snapshot, this parentheses in eternity that we get to experience. We're in the theme park of all desires. And we're getting to the end. We're like, whoa, hang on a second. Somebody's plucked. I'm getting kicked out of the theme park. Damn it. I didn't even enjoy the rides I went on. What the hell? And so this is why I think it's the only worthy goal. Because you, you get if you get to the end and you realize you haven't even enjoyed the rides you've been on, or only enjoy some of them, what's the point? You've wasted this snapshot. And so I think it's, I think it's critically important. And, and the thing is, like everything we do is tied into this concept, right? So we're obviously, Dashdot has helped, we've helped over a thousand people now to transform their wealth story through real estate. Super proud of that. Super proud of all the work we're doing at Dashdot. But what's the point? It's not just to make money. The point is so you can live the life that you deserve. So you can go create that existence. And most people would be surprised that it's just not that hard, right? Because if you can get yourself to a place of financial security, i.e. probably need to buy, you know, three to five properties, which is not that hard once you get going, you work with the right team, then you can create choice. Then you can actually say to yourself, hey, do I want to go and move to Thailand? Give that a go for a, for a while. It doesn't have to be forever. It could be for a year. You get to start dancing. And along that dance, you're going to work out the things that you like or don't like. But you don't want to sit on the same ride for the next 20 years, too scared to try one of the other rides, too scared to get off because you don't know what the other rides are going to be like. So you just sit there on that teacup, you know, the teacup and saucer ride, just spinning round and round going, oh, well, this kind of sucks, but it doesn't suck too bad because at least I understand what I'm doing here and I get to sit down whilst I'm in the teacup. Better not go try one of those other rides. I might not like it. It might be scary, but it also could be fun. But, geez, I don't know. There's a bit of risk there. Just going to sit in my little teacup and spin around until death. What the hell? There's a better life out there for everyone, and they get to choose it. So where do we want to go? Where do we want to take this conversation from, from here, Gabby? We've talked about the three three points. I think this is relevant to people. What do you want to explore? Yeah, want I was just explore? thinking about it. So the point about getting to the end and thinking, what, what the hell? It reminded me of, I don't know if it's the top one, but the, the top five regrets of the dying. I think it might be the top one is, um, if you don't know, I think there's a whole book on it, but it's a, it was a, a study basically interviewing um, elderly people on their deathbeds and what, and surveying what their top regrets are. And so I think the number one was actually I wish I had the courage to live a life more aligned with what I wanted to do and not based on the expectations of others. And I remember hearing that and just thinking like that's it's so powerful but it's still like it's so intimidating for people and it's interesting that it's I'm pretty sure that's the top regret that so many people get to that point, get to those last few years whenever they are and have that disappointment in themselves. And I think that's ultimately like that's the real fear of death, right? The, the fear is that you will get to the end and have a regret that you didn't live in alignment with what you really wanted to do. You didn't make the most of it. It's not so much the, the dying piece. It's the getting kicked out of the theme park feeling like you're unfinished and I think that comes back to the enjoying the journey because if you're just hopping between milestones that you think you're meant to be striving for and you get cut off 
in a journey piece, but you haven't had appreciation for the journey. You, you just think that this is a utility to get from here to some other point in a few years and it gets cut off. That's when you're going to be filled with regret. Whereas if you're going through the journey and you're making the most of the journey, if you get cut off, you're like, okay, this is my time, but this has been awesome because you've loved every minute. It's such a different, it's such a, such a big, important mindset shift for people to make, I think. Preach. That is 100% agree with you. All fear, all fear is a fear of death. And all the, the fear of death is, is actually a fear of not living. Now, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit because it's worth unpacking. What I'm scared of snakes. Why are you scared of snakes? Because you think they're going to bite you and you're going to die. Um, I'm scared of public speaking. Why are you scared of public speaking? Because you're worried that you're going to make a fool out of yourself and at a tribal level, you're going to be rejected. Everyone's going to think you're an idiot. You're going to be cast out into the street. No one's going to love you. You'll end up dying alone, right? You're never going to achieve anything, right? There's these kind of like, these are the, these are the feelings. That's all fear at the core is a fear of death because you're going to get ostracized from your computer, whatever, right? And all fear of death is a fear of not living now, which is actually more interesting than it sounds because not just the actual functional end point of like the experience, but it's the not living a full and rich experience. Like what if you get to the end and you're, and you're unfulfilled? What if, you have, what if you get to the end and you haven't done all the things you wanted to do? And what if you get to the end and it's like, shit, I never got to do the things that made me happy. That's actually the real fear. The fear is not the death bit. The fear is the fact that you might get there and have realized that you've never actually lived. And that's a big, that's a big one, right? Because yeah, the, you're right. The, the top, the top regret is I wish I'd had the courage to live a true uh, life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number five, by the way, is I wish I had let myself be happier. It's very interesting, isn't it? And so, you know, I think that it takes courage to carve a new path. But at the end of the day, I mean, your life's at stake, literally. So um, what do you think people should do? What's a practical exercise people could do off the back of this? How can we help people actually kind of take these concepts and turn them into some kind of tangible? It's a good question because we've gone quite deep and high. <laughs> so how do we bring it back? How do we make it more, more practical? <laughs> um, you've, got, you've got an idea. Okay. I've got an idea. I've got an idea, and let's see. Let's see. So, at the at the well, at the core, right? So, at the core, what we're talking about in a sta- escaping the status quo is effectively, as I said, it's about developing location independence, financial freedom, and self actualization. Which, if you had to lean on one of those points more than another one, it's self actualization, right? That would be the that would be the the main one that I think you'd need to lean on to know that you're living the best version of your life. Now, self actualization is interesting because. Again, it's completely personal, right? So as I mentioned, it's it's you know it's the realization of your own, um, the complete realization of your personal individual potential, the full development of all your skills and abilities, and the appreciation for and gratitude for the experience. Now, what that points to is the fact that everyone's version of self actualization is going to be different. It's not something you can achieve. It's not a place that you can arrive at. You don't become self actualized, right? You, uh, you you just go on a journey of self actualization, a continuous one forever, but. That is going to be specifically determined by your values. Now, and your values should really be that would they will also have a major influence on like whether you've lived in alignment with your values is going to have a major influence on how you feel when you as you progress on this journey. You know, because I, personally I'm I'm like, I'm good. Like if I if I got plucked out of the theme park tomorrow, I'd be like, rock and roll. It was a good one. Thanks. Uh but that's because, you know, you and I strive to live our values you know, all the time. And so I think like really cooking that down because you've got to think, you know, like Mother, Mother Teresa, did she have heaps of money? No, but I would argue she was tremendously wealthy, right, because she was really living in, in a deep alignment with her values. I'm pretty sure she was, she was happy, right? So thinking about that is really, really important. So then what maybe one of the things that people could do is actually to do a values assessment exercise. That's a great idea. What do you think about that? Okay. Um, I'm not going to continue. <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. Do you mind good. All right. I'm glad that Gabby approves has of a great it. values determination exercise, um, which yeah. we can drop in the show notes. Yeah. 
That's yeah, a good one to keep to that. do every. Let's do that. So we'll if, you, drop if you've that. never done something like that before, definitely, definitely do that. Um, and it's something good to come back to every year or so, a couple of years, because your values change. As as you get older, your situation changes. You evolve as a human. You self actualize, and your values do tweak as well. So that's okay. So I think I think that's good. So we'll put a link to the values determination. Don't John D Martinez values determination test in the show notes, so you can check that out. Um, I'd also suggest taking some time to sit by yourself quietly and ask yourself, what do you really want? Like, what do you really, really want? And then ask yourself, what do you really, 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 really want? And the best way to do that is to go through a process of uh, imagineering, right? So, for example, you start at the start and you might be like, right, what do I want? I want um, a Lamborghini. Okay, perfect. Great, so you start there. And then you could imagine yourself with the Lamborghini. And I suggest doing this with a bit of paper so you can write notes and think about, like, write down what do you want. Like, just write down all the things that you want. It could be more than one thing. It could be hundreds of things. I don't care. Just write them all down. But go through each of one of them and then imagine yourself having achieved that. So you've got the Lamborghini in this example. Okay. So then what? Imagine yourself with it. So you'd be excited on the day you get it. You'd hop in it and you drive it around. Then what? Then what happens? What happens? You're probably very going to very quickly realize that, okay, well, I've just got this car. I'm going to park it in my driveway and then I'm going to go inside and mm-hmm. spend time with my family or whatever. So you'll suddenly realize, okay, maybe shit. Okay. Well, maybe it's not the Lamborghini. Okay. So then you're going to think of something else. Well, if it's not the Lamborghini, what is it? Well, man, even if I had my Lamborghini, maybe to be spending time with my family. Okay. Or whatever. Right. So you've got to dig deeper mm-hmm. in the things that you really want to actually understand what those things are, right? So ask yourself, what do you want? And ask yourself a few more times to dig a little bit deeper till you can get to the point where you can go, oh, okay, if I lived a life that looked like this, do I believe that I would be fulfilled every day? Once you get to that point, you've got a pretty good basis of something you should start optimizing for. And again, that's going to be that would be great a great thing to do in in a lot. Yeah, I want to add into that as well. Um, a lot of these exercises, you can fall into the trap of just thinking about them and using your mind to come up with mm. things. But the thing is, is that if you're in a situation where you feel like you're in this status quo or some kind of similar situation, a lot of what's gotten you there is because the way that you think is how everybody else thinks. And so what you need to, something to practice is actually more like figuring out where your intuition is and what that feels like and is the vision that I'm coming up with for my life and what I'm saying I want, what my mind is saying I want, is that actually what I want? Like intuitively is is my body saying like, yep, that's something that I actually feel excited about or is it something that my mind is still just saying that's something you should have or should be excited about. And, and like there's a couple of layers. And again, it's all like self-development practice stuff, but it, it's just something to be mindful of, um, not just listening to your thoughts because your thoughts can your thoughts are amazing, mind is powerful, but sometimes they might steer you in the wrong direction still. Mm. Yeah, totally. And one of the biggest things that will come off the back of that is fear. Fear and doubt, like fear and doubt. So you might, for example, all right, let, let's just say, for example, that you, your real ultimate vision of the thing that you think is going to make you happy is to, I don't know, live in a, a villa on the side of a hill in Thailand with a pool, for example. I don't know, right? And you've got this vision and it's awesome and you'd be like, but I can't do that. I could never do that. I, there's all these reasons that I can't. You've really got to realize that that's, that's your amygdala that is trying to keep you inside your comfort zone. That's your amygdala that's trying to keep you stuck in the status quo. That's your amygdala firing and saying, no, 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 don't you dare do that. You're going to put yourself at risk. And so understanding that that feeling is going to happen so that when it does, you can identify it and you can say, oh, these are the noises that I knew were going to come up and being able to work out to push past them is really, really important. And being able to center yourself and calmly walk through that fire of, of, of fear and recognize that everything you want in life is on the other side of that fear. Everything that you want, the life that you've always dreamed of is on the other side of that fear. It's, a, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's, it's hard, but it's, it's worth it. 
So that was that would be my um, word of caution. And I'll also just drop in here one of the most powerful things that I've been ruminating on for well most of this year is who would I be without fear or doubt? Start asking yourself that question because like you might dream this amazing life that you want to actually live, and then you'll get all scared and be like, "Oh, here are all the reasons I can't do it." I start asking yourself, "Well, who would I be if I had no fear and no doubt? What would I do if I had no fear and no doubt?" What would my life look like if I had no fear and no doubt? What could I become? And when those fears come up and when all the reasons start to come up and it's like, well, I could never do that. I could never move to Thailand, for example. I'm just picking that as an example because we happen to be in Thailand. And you start coming up with all the reasons. Oh, it could never, that could never happen. Try asking yourself a different question. Ask yourself a question. How might that be true? What would need to happen for that to be true? Because what you're actually then trying to do, you do is you abstract the situation and then you get to start going, okay, well, I guess for that to be true, these other things would need to also be true. And then all of a sudden you can incidentally come up with the exact plan that you need to get to the life that you want. Um, but it requires that you start asking different questions. So Awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Good episode, Gabby. Good to hang out. Glad to have you back. Awesome. Okay, guys, we'll leave a few things in the show notes. We might even drop a couple of links to a couple of blogs in there as well to check it out. And, of course, if you want help to accelerate your property wealth journey, then head to dashdot.com.au forward slash discovery. Book a free call with one of our awesome team members so they can help you get unstuck so you can escape the status quo and live the life that you truly deserve. Don't wait because you're in the theme park of all desires. You get to choose what rides you want to go on. So choose wisely. Bye. We'll see you on the inside.